previously on Growing Up Gilmore. And then Bryn gets started on, you guys are so hard on Dean. Well, (laughs) you are. Yeah, she's probably the least toxic character in this show, Mm -hmm. which is why she had to leave. Exactly. (laughs) To, like, understand. Listen, we're ready to come to bat, okay? I know. We're ready. I know, and I brought this up knowing. I'm rolling my sleeves up right now. I brought this up knowing I was walking into a minefield, (laughs) but she might as well go out with Taylor at that point. Ew. What? Bryn? I don't know. Hi everyone, this is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. Welcome back to season two. Hey. We made it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we've been talking about season two since... We recorded season, the first episode of season one, (laughs) which like maybe is a little pathetic. (laughs) That's great. I think, I think a lot of people know why we're excited for season two. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, not much has changed in the week since we recorded the, the finale. I am really thankful though, because after this, so we have released part one, part two comes out tomorrow but it would already be out this time though yeah people are listening to it (laughs) and the like outpour of listeners and followers and we even got a message from someone saying that they love the podcast it's so exciting it's so cool yeah it's like wow people care It's not just my mom. (laughs) (laughs) My mom doesn't even listen. She only listens when Bryn is on it, apparently. Well, yeah, I forced her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She did enjoy Bryn a lot. So we're really excited to start this next season. We have some guests lined up, and I think it'll be really fun. Um, And we're going to kind of tweak the end, our town meeting a little bit, too, and try to play with that and Mm -hmm. give you a little bit more insight to what else we enjoy besides Gilmore Girls because I feel like our tastes are really all over the place oh yeah my taste is yeah insane Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what what you lack in movies and media I make up for and lack in my own you know (laughs) yeah so we're kind of like a, a nice blend of the world of media. But we're really excited to start season two. There's a lot of fun stuff that happens in season two. I feel like the show really hits its stride almost immediately mm-hmm. in season two. And there's a lot to discuss, a lot to digest and figure out and go through. And I'm looking forward to dissecting all of that with you. Me too. And I think Bryn was a little sad that we were continuing on without him this morning. <laughs> but, I know. I was like, should we just have Bren join our pod? <laughs> yeah. But we're very set in our, we want this to be a woman-based thing. Mm-hmm. And not not to be like gender exclusive, but just to be like, we don't, I don't listen to many podcasts that are just women in a role beyond 
what what do I what do I want to say? It, the podcasts I listen to that are just women feel very superficial, mm-hmm. and they don't take the time and energy to really dive in. And I'm not trying to like toot our own horn here, but like it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Totally. Yeah, and I think too. It's so easy with Gilmore Girls. Everyone is so censored around or centered around. It's a feel good show and it has like warm fuzzies and we love to talk about whatever. But the show presents a lot of issues, too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to be aware and address those things because it's not perfect. Totally. And I think it's it's of its time. But the fact that it's not perfect is okay. Yeah. I don't think we have to pretend like it's the greatest show of all time, you know? (laughs) I think it's a really great show, though. Yeah, I do, too. And there's a lot of, I don't know, when I want to talk about, I want to feel open to feel how I feel about these characters. Right. Um, I don't, I do want to be sensitive that, like, if it hurts somebody's feelings, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not super attached to these characters in, a, in certain levels as other people are, I'm sure. Right. Um, I mean, I would say I am pretty attached yeah. to some of the characters, but even watching it in this perspective now has really kind of changed my insight on mm-hmm. some people. And even after having Bryn on last week, changed my insight on some people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just refreshing that you can watch a show that you've watched hundreds of times or one time through and say, oh, I am starting to notice that there are things that are not great about this show. Oh, sure. And we... I, yeah, I personally, I mean, with anything like that's written, that's not real life, it's I'm not going to be upset by someone having a different opinion than me. Right. So I think that's kind of weird to get upset about fictional characters. But, um, I mean, that's cool, though, too. I mean, I love them. I I love them, but I know that they're not, like, real. Right, (laughs) right. And I, I do think that it also helps us look at, like, the real world as well and say, I really love this person, but I really do not like that they do A, B, C, D, you know? And you kind of get to look at people from a different perspective. And it's honestly because of this show. And I think I said that in one of our more recent episodes where diving in and looking at these characters has really given me insight into how I look at characters in my own life. Yeah. Or I even do it with myself. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, am I being like a Lorelai in this moment? (laughs) I'm being too selfish. I love that you go to Lorelai because for me, it's like, am I being a Paris right now? (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. It's just, I love the side of this and I'm so glad that other people love to listen to it because I honestly think even if we only had like 10 listeners, we were still ready to make the podcast and Mm -hmm. like have fun with it. And so seeing other people say that they're loving it or enjoying it or even just enjoying the pop culture videos, like 
it makes it fun for us. It's totally fun. Yeah. Yeah, we were ready to do it with zero listeners. So yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad we just made it to season two and we can get to the real fun stuff. Yeah, me too. Because season one was a roller coaster. But I feel like season two really, it, it's only up from here, mm-hmm. honestly. Until we get to like, you know, season seven. seven but then. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> but I love it. And we had one person message us that they were loving the show and they're here for every step of the way. And I can't tell you how much that means to us. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much to those of you who followed and reached out and supported us through season one, because here we are with season two. So, Elise, who is our writer and director for this episode? Um, It's... Amy Sherman Palladino, double time. So she's so she, she wrote, put in the work. Yep, she wrote and directed. Okay. So um, I think that it will be fun to watch this first episode because we can see the shift between mm-hmm. what season one looked like, cost production wise, and the shift between what happens in season two because there definitely is a shift. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we'll talk about in town meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, how much time did go by between season one and two? And do a little research on, like, a compare and contrast between the two. Well, I was thinking even production value-wise. Yeah, yeah. Just what looks different. Because when I watch any show, especially the first season, to if it gets picked up and renewed, mm-hmm. it looks it usually has a different, t- a little bit of a different tone um, yeah. set to it, and look wise too, production yeah. wise. I know. I always, even from like the first episode, like the pilot to the second episode, there can yeah, be totally. huge change. But like you're right, from the first season to the second season, there is change in the costuming, even and the lighting, yeah. and like what they're willing to push the boundaries with mm-hmm. more. And I think. Having an Amy directed and written episode really brings like their A game for season two. So I'm, I'm so excited. excited. I know. <laughs> are you guys excited? Yeah. Just say how excited we are. Again. I know. Yeah. Have we said that we're excited? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get started. We open with the Gilmore girls walking through Stars Hollow. And speaking of production value, There is definitely more than a thousand yellow daisies in Stars (laughs) Hollow right now. And I know I've seen a TikTok about this opening before because there's a lot of weird product placement. Like somebody walks by with like a TJ Maxx bag (laughs) and like weird things happen. But they're talking about the wedding and Rory is talking about all of the things that she should have And she says she should walk down the aisle to Frank Sinatra. And Lorelai is very put off by this discussion Mm -hmm. and says that she compares it to All in the Family where Archie like pretends he's hanging himself with a noose. And she's like, I don't know, something about this conversation just made me feel that way. (laughs) And it's like, she's so me. What the? (laughs) Like, I will say wedding planning is a nightmare, but you, I never said I wanted to hang myself. (laughs) Well, she's at the point where she just told Rory, though, that she's 
mm-hmm. not 100% sure she's saying yes. Right, exactly. Because she's like, I don't want to make all these decisions yet because I haven't even made the biggest decision of all. Am I saying yes or am I saying no? So mm-hmm. all of this planning feels like very redundant at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of side with Lorelai with being, I think that her practical nature is starting to come out a little bit right here. Yeah. Where this is actually probably how she should be feeling, I think. Is it practical nature or is it fight or flight? Yeah, you're right. Because Lorelai isn't necessarily a very practical person, but this, but that's where her logical thinking is starting to come out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I and think, your logic can make you fight or like flight or you know, fight. Yeah, and I think I can't too, even like, say the word, but <laughs> a sentence. Rory also presents like this other part of Lorelai's subconscious here. Of it would be exciting, and yeah. there are so many decisions to make that would be so fun to, you know, am I going to wear my hair up or down, or am I going to wear a veil, or what am I going to walk down the aisle to? All of these things, and I think Lorelai is just trying to balance that energy out because it is a big decision, and maybe she is being practical, but I, knowing what happens. In the future, this is fight or flight, I think. Yeah. I and think so. I there mean, is like, there is an element of that at any point. Yeah. With, yeah, with flight or flight. Mm-hmm. Fight or flight. You should be excited for your wedding. You know, yeah. if you're going to get married, you should be, I mean, I'm not a huge wedding person, so mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be like super excited to do all that stuff either. But yeah. Lorelai is because we do see a contrast in the in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily that. Right. Um, I think it's because she's not excited. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> to marry Max. I really don't think. I don't think so either. I think there's a lot weighing on this decision. It's not just her that it affects. It affects a lot of things. And there's a lot of stuff they have not talked about yet. Mm-hmm. And that does come up later. And yeah, because our man brings it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of, you would not understand. I don't think you've ever seen Frozen, but. No, I is, saw Frozen. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So that part in Frozen. I let it go, girl. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's that part where Anna meets Kristoff and Anna. she says she's in love and all this stuff. And Kristoff's like, well, what's his last name? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, how can you love someone if you don't even know their last name? <laughs> and there is a lot about Max that Lorelai doesn't know. And there's a lot about Lorelai that Max doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you have to have it all figured out the day that you get married. But it does help. You know, it also might be good to consistently date for a whole entire year. Yeah. Not break up after three months and then get back together and then... Well, you basically are are riding the wave of a honeymoon, like the honeymoon phase. Yeah. And that does no favors to anyone. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) I just... Yeah. There's no reason for Lorelai to jump into this this quickly. No. And why does Max want to jump into it so quickly? Well... Because he's scared of losing her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He to saw, Luke. To Luke, yep. Yeah. So he had to, you know, 
one-up him somehow. Yeah, man, I don't know. So it basically ends with the two of them kind of agreeing they're not going to talk about it. And then Rory goes to bring flowers to Lane and Lorelai and her separate and go their separate ways. This does like present an interesting dynamic already in the episode of it. Everyone around her is going to be excited. And I think that's going to push her further and further away from what's from the ultimate decision. Mm hmm. Because she's like, everyone is so excited. I don't feel that way. So what's wrong with me? Yeah. And she does turn around, though, because she is excited for the wedding Mm -hmm. in a way later on. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot to discuss with her in this this pending nuptial agreement. So with Max Medina. Mm hmm. Following the credits, we are with Rory, and she shows up at Lane's house. And Lane and her mother, Mrs. Kim, are having, like, this back-and-forth kind of argument. And Mrs. Kim says that parents always know what's best for their children. They make the best decisions for their children. And Rory's like, what is going on? So she finds Lane. She gives her a bouquet of the yellow daisies. And Lane says that her parents are shipping her off to Korea for the summer. And there's only a one-way ticket. She said, I called the airline. I confirmed with them. They only bought a one-way ticket. I'm never coming back. And Rory says, well, there could be reasons for why they only bought a one-way ticket. Maybe they got a good deal on a one-way ticket. Maybe they're still trying to figure out plans with your cousins. And goes on and on and on. And then she says wow, I'm really going to miss you. And Lane, Mrs. Kim calls for Lane, like in this like happy singing voice that I don't think we've ever heard Mrs. Lane do before, (laughs) where she's like, Lane. And Lane's like, Rory, you've been a good friend. And then she walks away. (laughs) And I... I think it's so interesting that Rory's best friend is going to Korea for the summer. And now that leaves Rory with Lorelai, Dean, and Max Medina. With a <laughs> sprinkling of Luke. And there is no... I, I don't want to say Lorelai is not the female energy, but... There is no young female energy for Rory. I think that's fine mm-hmm. for Rory. Yeah. She's like an old an old spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Old I, soul. I just I think it, it leads to unhealthy relationships sure. without that balance. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, Rory doesn't, we don't see with her a lot of friends. Yeah, that's true, too. I guess I would just say, who's she going to turn to when Lorelai's driving her nuts and Dean sucks? And (laughs) (laughs) she'll do schoolwork and read. Yeah, not in the summertime. 
but she finds ways to fill her time, that's for sure. I am curious as to whether or not Lane's actress had something going on, and that's why she left to Korea. Just seems like a weird choice right away. It is odd. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah. I think as we go on, we'll have more insight into that. I think so, too. Now we cut to Lorelai going to meet Bootsy, who I don't think we met in season one, Mm -hmm. but my husband did mention him as being like one of his favorite characters. Um, He owns the newsstand in Stars Hollow, which is funny because I don't know if we ever had a newsstand in Stars Hollow prior to this season. No. So it's an interesting add-on, but... Lorelai goes to buy her paper. They make a reference to Ivana Trump, which is interesting nowadays. She sees that he has a bunch of bridal magazines. How convenient. And she kind of goes back and forth on whether or not she's going to take one. And the music is really cool at this part, too. Yeah. It's playing with Lorelai as she moves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, playing, like, she's is walking by and it's like do 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 and then yep it she's like, about to leave and then it she kind of backs up to look at the magazines and it yep starts and it back even up. like jolts when he looks over yep. at her and she's like what 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 it stops yeah, yeah. it's cool mm-hmm. I like how they did that they, it's almost like when she was in the market with Luke when she was spying oh, on yes. Dean yeah completely yeah and she ends up picking up an in style bridal magazine. And Rory walks up and says, oh, in style bridal, what a choice or whatever, and offers to buy it. And at that point, Miss Patty comes up and she sees, oh, in style, does that mean you're going to say yes? And Lorelai says, I haven't made a decision yet. And Miss Patty runs with yet, like, it's going to be yes, it's totally going to be yes. And she asks if Lorelai has mentioned anything to Luke yet. Lorelai goes, it just happened last night. So no, I haven't had a chance to say anything to Luke yet. And Miss Patty has this look on her face like, "Mm, girl. And she says, just let him down gently. And Lorelai's, again, we're just friends. I think it'll be fine. And they make their way to Luke's for breakfast. And suddenly... A good majority of the town is following them there. And I love the direction of this, where we see the girls walking and everyone's following. And then suddenly we're a part of the crowd following them. They get to the door and they turn around and notice all of these people following them. And everyone turns and looks the other way, like, we're not we're not following you. Like, don't worry about it. But everyone wants to know how Luke is going to react. And how embarrassing the whole town knows you're like, like, <laughs> like Lorelai. I know. I know. And how dense are you that you still believe you are just friends? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I can't get behind that. Also, I know that I was not of the era of people to buy wedding magazines when I was getting married, but 
I always believed that if you bought a wedding magazine before you were engaged, that was a bad omen. It is. Because I want to tell you a story. Oh, my God. I have a story, too. Let me hear you. Okay. No, you go first. Okay. Mine's really short. So my relationship before Bryn, I was in college, and we had been together for like four and a half years, and Mm -hmm. I had convinced myself that we were going to get engaged when I graduated from college. (laughs) So I bought a wedding magazine against my better judgment because I knew at that time that that could be a kiss of death. Mm -hmm. And it was. We broke up like a month later. Oh, my gosh. And honestly, that that was fine. Yeah. (laughs) It worked out great. (laughs) It worked out very well for itself. And then this time... Nothing wedding wise until we were engaged. And I made that promise to myself. Mm-hmm. That's so you can get like super swept up in all of that, mm-hmm. and you don't need to. And honestly, I will say if you are listening to this and you are engaged, do not get swept up into the culture that you it needs to be like over the top and bigger and better than anything you've ever seen before. You need to do what's right for you because mm-hmm. there were a lot of times. We did not do what was right for us, and I I feel bad about that mm-hmm. to the point where Bryn and I are like, let's get, like, renew our vows in 10 years and do it, like, on the beach with, like, only our closest knit group of people, and that's that, mm-hmm. just so we can have something that feels like it's our own, because honestly... A wedding does not feel like your own. You are trying to pl- appease yeah. everyone around <clears throat> you. But anyway, that's my <laughs> that's my story. That's my soapbox. Okay, Elise, tell me your okay. story. So I don't think we've I don't think we ever discussed this on the podcast. But <clears throat> I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness anymore. Mm-hmm. But for witnesses, the wedding day is like a big big deal. Oh, I'm sure. Because you don't have like Christmases and holidays and, yeah. you know, birthdays. So your wedding is like the big ticket. So everyone just like basically gets married when they're 18. But I had, a gr- I had a group of girlfriends and we were like 15 and we decided we were going to make wedding books. So we bought so many bridal magazines. <laughs> And then we would, like, make a whole bridal book. We didn't even have boyfriends. <laughs> We're just making these wedding books. Oh, my god! But, like, I would never, like, so we would get together on the weekends, and then we were supposed to have so many chapters done. So you were supposed to have, like, what your bridesmaids' dresses were supposed to be and your flowers and all of that. And I would never keep up with my assignment. <laughs> <laughs> that does so not my, surprise me. My book was like blank. I think I just had like, you know, I'm like, oh, I like this hairdo. Yeah. That was my my what my bridal. And it and it is a curse because now I don't want to get married. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. It is the kiss of death. That's really interesting. I yeah. Like I said earlier, weddings are like a really exciting time, but that is probably the most stressed out I've ever been in my life. And getting married during a pandemic, not fun. Yeah, I was, I was here for that. Yeah, I mean, you were because I one of my bridesmaids gave birth like three days after (laughs) our wedding, and I was like, please don't come because there was supposed to be a snowstorm, and I was like, I don't want you to give birth, and then. 
end up like <laughs> not being able to be there or I don't want you to give birth during the ceremony and then be an hour away from where you live. And I was like, was it like two weeks before the wedding? I was like, Elise, I need you to be a bridesmaid. I think it was a week. It was honestly a week. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I had my other dress planned out and everything. Yeah, because Elise, you were originally going to be my personal attendant. And then it all changed. And the weird thing is, Elise and I went like maybe a few years without talking. Mm -hmm. And then when Bryn and I got engaged, Elise was one of the first people I told Bryn that I really wanted to be there. Because you and I had a great connection when we went to college and whatever. Mm -hmm. And we reconnected. I messaged you and I was like, Brynn and I are getting married and I really want you to be there. And so we met for coffee and like the rest is history. Yeah. I was in my Lana Del Rey shirt. I remember remember that white shirt (laughs) and you had that green, that green jacket on. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I don't remember what I was wearing, but I remember what you were wearing. I, don't, I think I had just got that Lana Del Rey shirt, and I was so excited yeah. that someone I knew was going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was you. It's just so funny how yeah. life changes like that, and here yeah. we are now. I mean, that was like Two, four years ago? 2019. Because it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Very I don't crazy. know. So anyway, we got way off topic yeah. with that, but I think um, it's nice to see some insight too. Yeah, it's funny because those wedding magazines were very of its time. Yeah, um, t- you'd see them everywhere. And so, now we have Pinterest, so it's like yeah, you know. And it's I like I prefer it that way because I feel like subliminally speaking, um, as a female, it's very dry. It's very driven towards women yeah to see these always everywhere is like wedding 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 like that's your biggest goal for a woman is supposed to be like subliminal message mm-hmm. um and I think that Lorelai is starting to fall into this at that at that moment yeah where it is that idea of like oh it would be kind of fun to be in a pretty dress and you know mm-hmm. the idea so that the idea of what she this is where she's starting to come around to the wedding, I mm-hmm. think, is the mm-hmm. idea of having the pretty dress and, you yeah. know, that accomplishment under your belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I do think that there are a lot of women that define themselves on getting married mm-hmm. and having this big thing. And it, it stereotypically, they always say it's all about the bride, whatever. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that kind of attention. And like honestly the favorite my favorite part about the wedding day was the ceremony because mm-hmm. it was about both of us at mm-hmm. that point and like our friends and so yeah, I think it's just there's a lot to be excited about, but then there's a lot that you have to look inwardly for too. And I don't think Lorelai has done the inwardly part yet. She's excited about the external things, everything that people get to see, but she is not excited about all of the things that will change. Mm -hmm. And that's the wedding. A wedding is about change. Everything (laughs) people say, like nothing really changes. And that's true. 
like if you do things modern where you're already living together, yeah. like nothing really changes. But at an, an internal level, there is like a deeper connection with that person that does change. And you do change as a person once you're married, I think, to a certain degree. I don't think Lorelai realizes that yet. And she does at one point, because I think that's kind of what causes this like spiral that she has. Mm. But yeah, her and Luke. Luke's going to. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think let's get to that scene because that uh, really is a driving force for the rest of this episode. We are back at Luke's diner and Lorelai has made the decision she is going to tell Luke Rory is pushing her to tell Luke and she's like, fine, I'll go up there and I'll talk to him. So she says, I have some news to share. She doesn't really say it's like super exciting or anything, but she says like Max asked me to marry him and immediately Luke goes, yeah, I figured. And she's like, how did you put it together? And he says, well, you came in here last night saying you had some life changing event and you know the two of you are getting close and he spends a lot of time here or whatever I just you know figured that's what it was and she's like oh yeah okay they kind of go into like this back and forth about is she excited is she happy and she tells him like I haven't really made up my mind yet about this what I'm still trying to figure things out. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, like, where are you going to live? And she's like, what do you mean? Where are we going to live? He goes, you probably should live in Hartford because it's closer to Rory's school. And but it's really far from the inn. And Lorelai's like, yeah, I guess. And he says, what about kids? Are you going to have does he want kids? And she's like, in the world? Yes. He's like, you haven't talked about that either. Are you going to have a joint a bank account? And she's like, I, some of this stuff isn't your business. And that is her going on the defense because he is pointing out all of these very important things that have not been talked about or discussed to the point where he's like, do you even know his last name? <laughs> Which I think Luke is doing this coming from a place of worry and caring. But I also think he knows Lorelai well enough to know that she is not fully subscribed to the idea of getting married to him. Mm -hmm. And I think he's playing a little game with her. I also wonder if she was looking for an out with him. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot going on in this scene Mm -hmm. from the Mm get-go. Number one... I'm going to answer what you're saying. I promise. No, no, I love it. Go for it. (laughs) Number one, Luke usually is over there almost immediately at the table when the girls sit down to take their order. And he stayed at the counter. And and he didn't even have coffee ready when she got there. Nope. He was, he was making it, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But he was standing his ground. So that to me is like almost... Yeah. symbolic in that that manner of like I'm not going to come running over to you just because mm-hmm. you, you walked in the door because mm-hmm. he already knew he already put the pieces together mm-hmm. like duh he's you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that happened she goes over 
she was expecting him to be a little bit heartbroken. Mm-hmm. She's disappointed because he's not. Yeah, he plays it pretty cool. And so she's still reacting from, like, him not being upset. But if she sat there and just thought about it, he's freaking her out at this moment. Mm-hmm. He's saying all these things like, hey, have you actually really thought about this? Have you done the math? So once she left the diner when the night before or whatever and gave him the daisy and said, I have news or whatever, and, you know, was all giddy, he had already done the math in his head that she, and he already just told her, literally just told her, I did the math when you came in, you know, that you had something big happen and you've been with Max all the time. Mm-hmm. So Luke had been upset about it. That's mm-hmm. why he came up with all these different things to freak Lorelai out. Mm-hmm. And she was looking for an out, I think. But I think also she wanted Luke to be upset. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yeah. I think that she thought that he was going to be heartbroken a little bit, a little put Mm -hmm. out. And she was going to have to be like, oh, you know. Yeah. I think it's that. And I think, oh, sorry. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm done. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think there is, like, an element to him coming to terms with it and standing his ground, but then also being like, why did you come here first? Mm -hmm. Why did you come here right after after it happened? What brought you here? Because... You don't go to the other man that you're close to to tell him that you're engaged Mm -hmm. instantly. I mean, there was no hesitation. That's the first place she went. Mm -hmm. Like, what is going on? Exactly. And he's, like, not to the point to, like, come out and say that. Mm -hmm. Because I wonder what's going on in his brain. Mm -hmm. Because if he's truly like, this is the woman I want to be with or whatever... You would think that he would say, say say something. Yeah. But maybe he doesn't know for sure because she does dumb shit like this. Right. Right. Or it's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, it's really What's strange. Your baggage? What's your childhood and, trauma? And I think, too, he knows how to push her buttons. And he knows what's... That she's impulsive. Mm-hmm. And that... She's high maintenance. She needs a lot of things to, you know, help her get through the day and be comfortable and whatever. He knows all of those things. And he knows that her life would be easier if they were together. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't have to make decisions about where to move or where to live. She wouldn't have to make decisions about kids because he seems fine without kids. And he Mm -hmm. loves Rory as his own. And he's asking all of these questions that I think he knows, she knows, wouldn't be an issue if they were together. Exactly. And it's like, are you thinking this through? Because these are things you wouldn't have to think about if we were together. And the fact that he can see that he is such a good fit for her because she's not the type of person to think of these things right off the bat. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm right. not cutting Lorelai down for not. Well, I am a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But like, he can be that other side 
It's a balance her out. Yeah, it's a yin and yang thing. Like Max isn't over there thinking that, and he should be taking if that's where she's kind of weak, um, or that's not like a strong suit for her. It would she's better complemented with somebody like Luke who will sit down and do more logical thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't. It's not that Max is like not logical. But he kind of comes across it in this instant. Um, that's just because he has like phobia of losing yeah. Lorelai. Yeah, but he does like present. Um, he does present similar energy to Lorelai in this moment where they are just like doing this without thinking things through. Mm-hmm. And I am a firm believer in that relationships are successful. When there is uh, an opposite and, you know, or a cause and effect or, Mm -hmm. you know, like even just like us doing this podcast, like there are things I am like gung ho, like ready to do, excited to do. And you're like, let's take a step back and look at the the realistic side of it or there are things that you're excited about and I'm like okay well how do we logistically make that work Mm -hmm. you know like we we have like this great back and forth and I think Luke and Lorelai already have that great back and forth and he's like why are you putting so much effort into this relationship that provides you with nothing Mm -hmm. back it's you two just going forward Without thinking. Without thinking. And that's not somebody you should be making a commitment with right off the bat. No. I mean, if they're, and I'm putting this on Max. I know it's like two to tango kind of thing, but he's the one that proposed. So that's why I'm putting this on Max, that he should be thinking about a little bit more practically. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. It is... I don't know, in this situation, I don't want to get into gender norms and all of that, but it would be easier for the woman to get swept up. And generally speaking, in Mm -hmm. very broad strokes, that generally women get a little bit more swept up in the idea of having a wedding Mm -hmm. than a man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to come off like I'm ignorant (laughs) when I say all this or anything, but, you know. No, but I think that is like an important point i mean amy is writing this in that she gets swept up in the superficial parts of a wedding and is not thinking logically about all of the odds and ends that come with marrying someone Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff you have to figure out there's a lot of stuff we didn't figure out right away either and we were together for seven years when Mm -hmm. we got married like it and yeah and i think for some people this might work you know Mm-hmm. This might actually work. I don't want to judge anybody because I'm sure there's very successful relationships that went about just rushing into it. Mm-hmm. I think with someone like Lorelai, that's not going to be the case right. at the end of the day. She's just not that type of person. Well, and I think part of it, too, is that their relationship was solely started on him pressuring her. For a relationship. Yeah. And pushing it to reach these leaps and bounds almost immediately. And there is something very off-putting about that in general. It, it's totally off-putting. It's... You can't pressure people to love you. Mm-mm. Because 
ultimately, the more you pressure them, the more you push them away. Mm -hmm. They might not realize it right away, but it's coming. Mm -hmm. And we have seen that in our own lives. We have seen that in celebrity lives. Mm -hmm. We've seen that on television. It's, It's a tale as old as time. Oh, yeah. And you've even, you know, you've been around for a long time. You're going to experience it in your own relationships Mm -hmm. in certain degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like, I don't, that's why I have such a qualm with Max. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I think that pressuring makes me feel so uncomfortable as an audience member. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let alone if I had to date him. Ugh. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot. And I think this is where we really get to see the diff. Like, not that we haven't seen it already, but the difference between Max and Luke is that Max is this, like, otherworldly romantic and yeah. just relies all on the feelings where Luke is like, I love you, but there's some stuff we got to figure out. Yeah. And that's why later on Luke and Lorelai are so great for each other Mm -hmm. because they do balance each other out in that way. And they make, and he's just so great and holds this, he has his power in knowing his Mm self-worth. And I think that is the most attractive thing anybody can have at Mm -hmm. the end of the day is saying when it comes to like a relationship, um, being like, you know what, if you like me and I like you, great. But if you are not happy with me and I don't make you happy, I'm, I don't want to be a part of it. And I think right. that's what Luke is. I think mm-hmm. that he has self-worth with mm-hmm. Lorelai. Yeah. And aspects. I mean, I'm sure that could be argued mm-hmm. that he doesn't. But mm-hmm. he doesn't pressure her and he's not going to ruin her life by saying, don't marry this guy. Right. Or, you know, not like ruin her life, but you know what I mean? Like if he thought in his head, do I want to take something away from her that she might actually want to do? I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to look at and we're only like 15 minutes into the episode, but (laughs) (laughs) there's uh, definitely more coming with that. It is Friday night dinner and the girls are trying to get into the house. Lorelai keeps forgetting things in the car. She gets tangled up in the emergency brake and you can tell there's like a lot of anxiety or like a lot of chaos. She missed a turn getting there and all of these things are adding up to her freaking out internally. And I I know that feeling where you have like all of this anxiety and it just manifests itself into like losing focus or missing a detail or whatever and Rory's like what's going on and she's like I just have a lot on my mind and they ring the doorbell Emily is ecstatic when they come to the door and she's like come inside we have big news whatever they sit down and they're trying to share you know what's the big news, but she's like, I'm waiting for Richard before I share the big news. And Lorelai's like, you can just tell us. And we find out that Rory is in the top 
0.3 of her class or 0.03 or 3%. 3%. Yeah, she's in the top 3% of her class. And Lorelai's like, yeah, we we know. And Emily's like, well, who do you know at Chilton? Because she found out from the headmaster's wife. And Lorelai goes, uh, Rory. And Rory says, I, I wasn't 100% sure, but I had a good idea. And then he, Richard comes in and he's like, Rory, we have great news. And they're like, we know, whatever. And then Emily and Richard are bickering back and forth about Emily telling them before Richard was off the phone and blah, blah, blah. And in this moment, I can see that they are fulfilling something that they always wanted with Lorelai. Mm-hmm. And it's sweet. It's weird that Lorelai doesn't make a big deal out of it because top 3% is... It's really impressive because she, from just from remember season one, he was like the headmaster. It's like, you're going to have to work really hard to get caught up because you came. she came on... Yeah. She didn't start at the beginning of the year. Right, right. So for her to finish her first year in the top 3% after starting late and having all of these things happen to her over the course of season one, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. So, Sorry. yeah. And they decide it's time for dinner or the maid comes in and says it's time for dinner. And Lorelai says she needs to make a call at the inn. Oh, but before that, while they're sitting there talking about how great Rory is, Lorelai is playing with this butterfly ring on her finger and she decides to put it on her ring finger and I think that gets her kind of thinking like what what would this be like mm-hmm. and I think everything that Luke said kind of s- starts to settle in yeah. her brain I'm wondering because well a when Emily walks them in to the living room or the sitting area she asked, what's new with you girls? Mm-hmm. And that was the opportunity for Lorelai to mention something, mm-hmm. you know, about Max. Yeah. Um, and then I'm wondering if her sitting, sitting there with her parents, and is this a reason she's starting? Because before she was messing up, you know, she had, was nervous and upset and thinking about what Luke said to her and she missed her turn to get over to her parents' house like five times. But then she gets in the house, she sits down, she starts gazing at that butterfly ring. Is it something to do with being at her parents that's starting to settle her more into wanting to get married? I think there is a contrast here because they are so excited for Rory's accomplishment. Mm. And she's like, I'm seeing my parents be genuinely excited for something. And maybe they would be genuinely excited for me. And I think it kind of goes into that like back and forth that we talk about with this like parallel between Rory and her parents living out what they wanted with Lorelai with Rory. But Mm. Lorelai seeing her parents with Rory and wanting that in her own life, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm wondering if her having this exciting news, Rory having this exciting news, kind of triggers Lorelai into this, I want that reaction from my parents. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, she acts like she doesn't have that support from her parents or like it's not a big deal and she wants to do things without her parents. But I'm sorry. Ultimately, you she does want her parents approval. Like mm-hmm. she does care. And at the end of the day, yo, totally. And so I think that that's what we're seeing is this dynamic between them reacting to Rory's big news mm-hmm. and then her kind of longing for a similar reaction for her news. Yeah, that's got to be it. Because if I was an actor um, and I got this script, I'd be like, okay, what's the shift in between me being a mess, getting to my parents' house, and then ultimately within an hour being excited and saying yes. Right. So oh, well, we haven't got to that part yet, but you know, right. um, even can, being more excited about putting the, the ring on my finger and that kind of stuff, there is that big shift. So I, I, it must be something subconscious of hearing her parents be excited for Rory. Cause that would be the only thing that as an actor, that's I would work the only, with. Yeah. That's the only switch I can see mm-hmm. is, Oh, would my parents be this genuinely excited if it were mm-hmm. me yeah. sharing that news? You know, that's, I guess that's where I see it. Yeah, and it could be that she's just lost in thought because that's why she's not super excited about the 3% with Rory. And mm-hmm. we're just seeing her going back and forth of being excited, nervous, excited, nervous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think we get to kind of see how that plays out later. But so they go to the dinner and Lorelai says she needs to call Michelle at the end because he's running the inn by himself. And she calls Max and Max says hello. And she goes, where are we going to live? And he's like, Lorelai. And she's like, where are we going to live? Because I have a lot of stuff. You haven't seen my closet, but I have a lot of stuff. And it's like, you're marrying someone who has not seen your closet. <laughs> that feels like a very basic thing to see. Yeah. If and he's then never thinking, slept in my bed, like you mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah. That. He's never slept in her bed. He slept on the couch one time there. And it's like, hello, wake up. You are figuring out all of these red flags now. And she's like, where are we going to live? Where are we going to bank? Because I have a kid and I have a job and I have a life and I need to have a house for those things. And then she talks about how much she loves her bank. And then she says, when I die, I want you to know where the coupon drawer is. And Elise and I are watching this. And the minute (laughs) those words leave her mouth, we both side eye each other like, I cannot believe you are bringing Luke into this. Mm-hmm. And Max has no idea that that's from Luke because he's like, yeah, I, I want that too. I think. I think, <laughs> yeah. And it's very clear that Lorelai is panicking. You know, oh, totally. And I just thought of this, though, and I feel like if... Anywhere to anyone, if Luke wanted to sabotage the relationship between Max and Lorelai, he could have easily just said, are you sure this is what you want to, like, show Rory? Yeah. Like, how to that be in a relationship? That would have pissed her off yeah. big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that probably would have. You're right. But, I mean, 
this is weird. I would not want to show my my daughter. No. Or son or whatever. Um, well, and I, I, going along with that, I almost wonder if her conversation with Rory in Emily, or no, excuse me, in um, PSI Low, when she says, I want you to be able to say I love you, mm-hmm. I almost wonder if then she used that for herself, too. Oh, totally. To be like, you know, I'm not really, like, making any gains romantically, so maybe I just need to jump in. hmm And no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't you need don't. to jump in like this. You don't no. need to jump into a ring or yeah. into a wedding dress. And so I kind of wonder if she's trying to take her own advice, but kind of ignoring the negative side of that taking yeah taking her advice to the nth degree yeah like Um, polar opposite of what she was doing (laughs) you know where it's like when you go on a diet and it's like okay i'm I'm not eating for till next week yeah yeah it's like uh, that's not healthy and like you're not going to see long lasting results Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with a relationship yeah and with that Max is like, yeah, those are important things we need to figure out. And she says, yeah, those are things that we need to figure out if or when or something. Because he says, wait a second, is this you saying yes? Mm. And she's like, I didn't say that. Why are you asking me that? And he's like, well, why are these questions coming up? And it's like, Max, these are normal <laughs> freaking questions that you ask somebody that you want to be married to. But he's taking it as her asking these questions as she's saying yes. Or he's manipulating it. He's manipulating that. it. I'm I, I'm sorry. He is manipulating it. Yeah. And I know that we're hard on Max and I know people are going to be like, he's just like asking to confirm. No, he is not. <laughs> Wake up. He is manipulating her. He is. He's manipulating. And it's disgusting. And I hate it. And I can't. (laughs) I can't stand by it. I can't. I really cannot. And it's so, like, it's disgusting. And he's like, oh, are you saying yes then? You're saying yes? And she's like, I don't know. And then it just, like, cuts to them eating dinner. And they're just talking. And then all of a sudden, Lorelai walks in and she looks at Rory and she says, yes, or whatever. She nods her head. Mm-hmm. And, and Lorelai, Rory jumps up from the table and, you know, they're doing this like, yay, kind of thing, whatever. Kind of like the ending of season one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <sighs> why? Emily and Richard are like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and Lorelai doesn't just say like, anything. Nope doesn't say a word she says oh we're just really excited about this three percent thing Mm. if you cannot even tell your parents i just mm. well we can we'll see more i think why yeah oh yeah definitely she doesn't tell but yeah no number one if you literally and well not even to to do this you just literally just found out Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. That's strange, and you didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. So it happened in the same room. You can't use it as a, like a. Well, I was I guess I guess it was a different room, it was the kitchen or wherever she was. Right. But you can't use that as an excuse that like oh well you know, it literally happened at their their house. <laughs> right. And she said yes on the phone. 
Yeah, so now the proposal was over the phone. Yeah. And they have not even seen each other <laughs> in person since he proposed. What is this? A center for ants? How do you expect children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? <laughs> I don't know why that came to my head. Because I was reacting yeah. in a very similar tone. It's like, like, is it not instinctual to like be present for a proposal? I feel like that's normal, but yeah, like I'm taking what? crazy pills. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. this is crazy. This like infuriates me to the point <laughs> of Jennifer Lawrence in... Um, Silver Linings Playbook, where she does that whole monologue in the diner. You know what? Forget I offered to help. Forget the entire fucking idea, because that must have been fucking crazy, because I'm so much fucking crazier than you. I'm just a crazy slut with a dead husband. <laughs> I knew that you knew that monologue. Oh, I girl, knew. that's my monologue. I know. That's why I pulled it out. I was like, I want to see Elise, like, really go somewhere with this. I, I was holding back, too. I know. My poor neighbors wake up to, like, her saying... <laughs> like, oh, her friend's over again. <laughs> but I just... It, it's infuriating to me. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? And you can't even blame this on how she was brought up. You can't blame this on her environment. This is solely her making a bad decision. Yeah, I mean, I get anxiety about if I make if I make choices in my life that I think are small inconveniences or like small like life life impacting decisions. Mm -hmm. Small ones. I'm thinking ahead. Mhm. Mm I cannot imagine this. No. It's it would have immediately been I would have been like no, we're not. No. Right. Yeah. It's like, what What are we thinking here? What's the process? <laughs> like, what? what is the inner monologue in your head that tells you that this is the right thing to do? It's just, no. And is she also doing it as a way to say, like, shut up, Luke. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Even if you have... Even if you have drawbacks to the situation, I don't care what you think. It's going to work. Yeah. Probably. And if that's the case, if you're marrying someone to be like, shut up, why? Why are you getting married? You didn't marry Christopher just because you got pregnant. Yeah, and Christopher, so Lorelai, people are just popping questions to her all the time because Christopher in season one asked her to marry him too. Mm -hmm. At least he did it in person. Yeah, but let's not give him any kind of credit, okay? <laughs> yeah, in the kitchen, and it's like, yeah. No. It's just, I, yeah. If you had the, if you had the strength to say no to Christopher, you know, two times now, I guess, what is causing you to run, run to Max so much? And is it because you don't want to give in to Luke because you know that everybody around you knows that's end game for you and you want to prove them wrong mm -hmm. because that's not a great reason to say yes to somebody either hmm. yeah i don't I know i don't know what her deal with is with luke 
So it's hard for me to go into that territory if I think it's because she's trying to prove people wrong about it. Yeah. Maybe she's trying to prove it wrong to herself. I think that's what it is. So like, oh, I don't have any feelings for him because I'm marrying Max. Mm-hmm. Okay, girlfriend, go off. Sure. Ruin your life. <laughs> Marry the gross English teacher. No, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. So we leave off with them being equally excited now. And there is so much more to come. And I feel like we are only halfway through. Yep. <laughs> we are finally at the Independence Inn. And this is another scene where I notice the production value has gone up because there are a lot more cooks in the kitchen than there were in season one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got the money to pay for some serious extra work here mm-hmm. in this episode. And it's following Suki around and she's, you know, making all of these adjustments and speaking in Spanish and blah, blah, blah. And lobsters, they have a lobster guy come in. And of course, she gets pinched by the lobsters because they have to do her usual shtick of, oh, I'm so clumsy or whatever. Yeah. Accident prone. Right. Yeah. She comes around to Michelle and he is weighing his turkey breast in on this like food scale and talking about this like scientific experiment where you lower your calories by 30% and you live forever and he hopes that someday scientists cure death and Suki's like okay (laughs) good luck with that Lorelai comes in and she's like I have really big news to share and Michelle goes okay goodbye everyone and does not (laughs) care in the slightest and Lorelai's like, okay, I have big news. And Suki says, okay, what is it? And she's like, I'm getting married. I'm, I'm getting married. I'm engaged. I'm engaged, yes. And Suki's like, no. And they do like this back and forth. Yes, no, yes, no. And Suki's like, you're getting, you're engaged. And then she says, it's to Max, right? <laughs> Suki. She's always coming through. <laughs> always pulling through. She's like, for Max us. is such a great guy. It is Max, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just throw a little bit of shade there. It's all right. Well, because that's totally, I mean, who else could it be? Right. Well, I mean, I guess in her, if I was okay, I'd be like, it's either Luke or Christopher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised by any of them. No. <laughs> no. No. Like, of course. And. Lorelai is like, yeah, it's Max. She's so excited. She starts planning their menu and their cake and all of these little like wedding details. And Lorelai and her, you know, kind of talk about how exciting this is. And Suki gets emotional about it. And then Jackson comes in with vegetables and Suki is told him that she's getting married, that Lorelai is getting married, and what kind of vegetable is the most romantic, and what should we serve at the wedding? And Jackson goes into this whole, like, I wouldn't know. I'm not the romantic vegetable guy. I only went to one wedding my whole life, and I didn't really pay attention to the vegetables, so 
I'm not like a go-to wedding vegetable guy or romantic vegetable guy. And then he's like, he just storms out. And Lorelai's like, uh-oh, he's got the, my girlfriend's best friend is getting married and she wants to talk weddings face. And not to stereotype, but that is a very accurate situation, I think. <laughs> I mean, while Bryn and I were dating, I caught four bouquets at weddings. And by the fourth time, Bryn was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I refused to participate in catching bouquets. You know, the first time I was pressured to do it and I was like, fine. And then, like, every other time I did it just to be, like... See if you can, you can get, do it. Get a reaction out of him more <laughs> so than anything else. And so that was fun. But... And actually, one of the times I caught a bouquet was on New Year's Eve. Oh, crazy. Isn't that funny? Anyway. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that show. Is that Sex in the City where they throw the bouquet and the girls just, like, all, like, dodge out of the way not to catch it? <laughs> I think so. I think yeah, because I, I think it's the four of them like standing there, and with just, like, their falls drinks, on the floor. and it just falls <laughs> on the floor between the four of them. So awesome! It might not be the four of them because I could see Charlotte grabbing the bouquet. Yeah, I was gonna say so, by McMiranda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. So it's it's interesting. This scene, Suki does have, like, this reaction, you know, that I'm sure Lorelai wants to see. But at the same time, Suki does not say that she's marrying Max. She just says, she's getting married. She's getting married. Lorelai is getting married. You're getting married. Not you and Max are getting married. And it, it kind of, like, singles things out in a way that makes me think, okay, we're building this up for Lorelai, but we're not really building up who it's with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she says, I've always wanted this for you. Like you've worked so hard and you've given up so much for Rory and yourself. And you're a single mom and you've done it all by yourself. And- yeah. And she's happy that she, you know, has someone, but she doesn't really say anything like positive about it being Max. Mm-hmm. She just says she's happy she has someone. Yeah. And I think that is a subconscious choice. And I think Amy Palladino, Amy Sherman Palladino knows what she's doing with that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because even how Lorelai announces that she's engaged doesn't seem super exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't seem like, super excited. She's just like, I'm engaged, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she was looking for Suki's advice to come through here. Yeah, I don't either, because it is something where, you know, at that point in the world, there was not social media like we have today, mm-hmm. where you could post a picture of you being engaged and, like, in 20 minutes, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody wants to share that stuff and, you know, post about it or whatever. But she almost seemed hesitant to share it. Like the way she says it is just like, I, I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, yay for me kind of thing. Yeah. So she's going through a lot of different ups, highs and lows mm-hmm. with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we see her in... 
more of a neutral state mm-hmm. of what she's previously gone through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, she doesn't have any answers to the questions that she asked Max. That stuff is all still up in the air. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot that has to happen with a wedding. There is a lot of money that comes into doing a wedding. And I think she doesn't want it to be this big thing because I think that puts even more pressure on their relationship to appear a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she wants that. And if you can't be excited, then you shouldn't be together. Yeah. And if only one of you is excited, (laughs) you shouldn't be together. No. You know? Yeah. It's interesting that... I don't know if you feel like this is super in character for Sookie or not. Yeah. She gives pretty wise advice. But, I mean, maybe she just wants Lorelai to settle. I think that's part of it. But I also think the fact that she had to clarify it was Max speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And I think she's excited that Lorelai is getting to achieve a milestone without thinking of... The who, the what, the why, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it, she's just, yeah. She's being practical in the sense of like, okay, you, let's found, do this. you found a good one. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. you should just do that. Just settle down. Yeah. Yeah. You found a good guy and you like him or love him and, you know, let's celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree, though. It is a little out of character for Suki mm-hmm. to not question, like, the motives behind that. Yeah. It must just be writing convenience, mm-hmm. you know, in this in this scenario. Mm-hmm. How, to, yeah. how to convenience the story to go forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than, I think, a Suki trait. Yeah. I agree. But I don't know. We'll have to maybe see how that goes in the future. Yeah. We are at the Gilmore residence and Lorelai and Rory are talking about the wedding. They have like all these wedding magazines all over the table. And it seems like Rory is more into the planning and preparation than Lorelai is. Because every question Rory asks, Lorelai gives like this half asked response or sarcastic response to what she's saying and suddenly the phone rings and it's Max and Rory answers and he says I need help picking out a ring I've been looking at rings all day and I've narrowed it down to three and they go through all the options and finally the last ring is like this 1920s art deco inspired ring and Lorelai is in the room, but he doesn't know she's in the room until Rory starts, like, listing off all the characteristics of this particular ring, and then she starts panting like a dog and does, like, a little bark or whatever, and he's like, is she in the room with you? And Rory's like, no, that's just, like, a jackal that shows up sometimes, and he's like, just put her on the phone. There's a knock at the door. Dean is at the door, And, you know, make sure that it's okay that he comes in and they talk about how, you know, they tried the breaking up thing. It didn't work for them. Whatever. At that point, they go back into the kitchen and Lorelai says that he's going to give her the ring tomorrow. Surprise her with the ring. Whatever. 
I, just speaking from like my own experience, I picked out my ring. Like I, I should say I picked out the setting. Bryn did the rest of it. I am particular and he knows that. <laughs> and he was like, I think I would just rather you pick something that I know you're going to really like. I didn't know the day he was going to do it. I didn't know. I had a feeling, but I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I had everything picked out. And I think it helps, too, that, like, I am close to his sister, Mm -hmm. so she could be like, here's the ring. And, like, her and I and my other friend um, went to the jewelry store to, like, look, because Bryn was like, you should, you know figure it out sooner rather than later. And then, of course, the guy was like, I think we only have, like, two of these left, like, in the whole thing. And I was like, Brynn, there's only two left. Not to pressure (laughs) you, but there's only two left. And this is the one I really liked. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'll post a picture on Instagram because it is very Art Deco. Like, our whole wedding was Art Deco. And that is something about Lorelai that her and I have in common is the love for like vintage pieces and jewelry. And I've had a lot of people ask if mine is like a family heirloom. And I'm like, I mean, it will be someday, but it's <laughs> not today. Yeah. So you can post what I want if I were to yeah, have yeah, to yeah, get married, please. if it was finally tamed. Or you could just <laughs> buy it for yourself and enjoy it. It's just a... um yeah, you can post my picture. It's just going to be it's just a, a gold band. Simple. That's that, all I want. I love that. I'm not a big jewelry person, though. That's why. This is the only jewelry that I consistently wear. <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I do wear, like, necklaces and stuff, yeah. but it's always, like, bigger statement things. Yeah. If I do wear jewelry, it's usually smaller. Mm-hmm. And then if I do statement, yeah, statement pieces for whatever. Yeah. Um, if I actually go out. Yeah. And do things. So it is... It's different, but... But, yeah, I think that's cool that she she likes that type of ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do think that it's cute that Max wanted Rory's opinion mm-hmm. so she could be involved in some capacity. But the only reason she was truly involved is because he doesn't know Lorelai well enough <laughs> to know what she would like. yeah. Or And I know back then it was more traditional for the man to just pick it out. And nowadays yeah. I think it's way more common for the woman to, like, mm-hmm. say, this is what I like, whatever. Or they get the friend. Mm-hmm. They get the friend to come along and mm-hmm. help find the ring. Yeah. And now you can just go in and be like, that's the one I want. And they put it in, like, a folder. And then oh. the guy can just go and be like, this is her name. What did she pick out? You know, you'll never find my name in any of those shops. <laughs> I care. Never would. I would never. Rather, but the hard thing about like picking out a vintage-looking piece is then, do you do? Uh, there's a lot of times there is no matching wedding band oh. for a vintage-looking piece. Sure. So that's why I went very simple on like the wedding band. Anyway, no I one cares my, about my, this. I, his, if I had a husband, his would just. I guarantee you it would be, like, just made out of wood. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, Bryn just did a very simple, like, white gold band. Yeah. And it has the date engraved Cute. on it. Yeah, I feel bad for Max, though, I guess, right now, because it's, like, 
Oh, Lorelai, he's about to go spend money on this ring. A lot of money on this ring. Mm-hmm. Girl. And yeah. this isn't even not. She's just excited to hear about what his options are. This is super selfish. Yeah. This is super selfish of Lorelai. It, it reads, yeah, very selfish. Even though he pressured her into all of this, for me, I know if I was having these doubts this whole episode, yeah, <laughs> I would be like, shoot, I don't want him to spend that much money if mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the fence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think she's just trying to ride with it, that it's normal to be on the fence about this kind of stuff. And yeah. it's like, no, it's not. Cold feet. Yeah. 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 It's not normal. No, you're you're actually, you're, what you're feeling is normal. What she's feeling right now is actually normal. Yeah. What she's in this feeling situation. is normal in her situation. Yeah. But, like, if you've been together long enough... And there are some people that, you know, have been together for years and years and years and don't get married. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, you have to do what's best for you. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell mm-hmm. is my favorite mm-hmm. like, celebrity couple, and they've never been married. Yeah. Been together forever. Yeah, and it's like some people just don't need that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But, but, yeah, I mean, in this situation, I think it's normal that she's going back and forth because of... But, in the ideal situation that you are engaged, you're not supposed to be feeling that. Well, and if you are still going back and forth, don't commit to a ring yet. Yeah, don't make don't make him... Unless or, you you're spending what? the money. Unless you're spending the money, go ahead, do whatever you want. But if someone else is spending that money for you, girl, come on. Honestly, she should have just said she didn't make up her mind yet instead mm-hmm. of saying yes. Yeah. That's where it should have started. Yeah. Just like, uh, I don't know, like, let's just, like, you know, let's ride the wave. Let's like the, oh figure out. But he thinks this is the solve all their problems. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There are a lot of people in the world that believe a lot of things will solve their problems. Like being in a relationship or having a kid to save a relationship or whatever. Yeah, whatever their hallmark next chapter in their life is what will save their life or yeah. make their life worthwhile. and Yeah. And I'm yeah. just, like, we are here to tell you if you are feeling pressured by milestones that other people are hitting and you're not hitting them, live your own life. Create your own milestones. Do your own thing. Because we are. And it's fine. And last night, we had dinner at my mom's house. And I was talking about how we set up, you know, this, our second bedroom to like record podcasts and do all this stuff. And she's like, that's why I don't have grandkids yet, because my children have other passions they want to pursue first. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that my mom recognizes that and supports that and is like, no, you should do all of those things you want to do before you have kids Mm -hmm. and figure it out, you know? Well, I mean, even if. Even if you do want kids and you haven't had that part yet or you want to get married or whatever, enjoy life in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Don't think that all the experiences that you can have aren't worth it because those aren't milestones. Right. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think milestones exist when you're an infant (laughs) and then they should disappear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like 
milestones should be like a developmental thing, mm-hmm. not buying a house, not getting married, not, you know, whatever, having kids. I That stuff to me is made up baloney. Mm-hmm. And it's pressure from the world that you need to be this certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think Lorelai is experiencing that where she's like, well, I am... 32, 33, whatever, and it's probably time that I start, you know, taking these milestones more seriously where it's like, look at your friend Suki. They're not in a rush to be married. Mm -hmm. They're taking things slow. Look at your daughter. Like, they're not in a rush to live any certain way. And I just... If you can say yeah. no to Christopher, why do you have to say no? Why do you have to say yes to Max? I know. I don't understand why she lets Max pressure her so much. Because I feel like if he never brought up the proposal, this would have never even been on Lorelai's radar. No. She never would have been like, oh, I want to get married to Max. Like, yeah. you know, not this soon anyways. No. So. Uh, mm. I don't know, man. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I'm not crazy about it. But I also think this needs to happen so that there can be trouble down the road. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, totally. And so Dean is back and Lorelai says she's happy to have him back. It's nice to have him back. And he goes to, like, fill her water jug or whatever. And Rory goes outside and she invites him to dinner on Friday at her grandparents' house because it's her celebration for being the top 3% of her class. And Dean says, you know, I don't know because the last time I saw your grandma, it was the night of the dance and that didn't really go that great. So I don't know if I should go but do you really want me there? And she says, yes. And he goes, okay, then I'll go. And I give Dean credit because he doesn't argue with it. He's just like, okay, if it's important to you, I'll go. But I think he does make a good point, and I think there is some foreshadowing there. Mm -hmm. And I think we are about to see trauma manifest itself. (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess Dean wasn't super dislikable. Um, in this scene. <laughs> in this scene. It was kind of nice. He, you know, you know, didn't bitch and moan when Lorelai asked for some help. Some, yeah. You know, it is nice to have a, a guy around to do things like lift up. Well, and she can't ask Luke to do that stuff anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah, it's Max true. would not stand for that. Max isn't going to be putting the water thing in the... No, he would pay somebody to do it. Yeah, Dean was uh, tolerable, Mm -hmm. and I think that I understand why he had reservations of wanting to go over to her grandparents, but he didn't whine and moan about it. He said, okay. So I guess Dean isn't so bad season two so far. Yeah, you know, the five minutes we've seen him, he was tolerable. And he had a nice tan, too. Yeah, and he shaved his sideburns. Mm -hmm. But I don't like that his undershirt is longer than his Mm T-shirt. That's a weird thing. I don't know. Now we're just being like, (laughs) now we're just like digressing. But he has really nice skin tone, though, that olive skin tone. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Good for you. Good for you, Dean. (laughs) 
We have reached the heavier part of the episode. They arrive at Friday night dinner, and when Emily answers the door and she sees Dean, she immediately has a negative response to him being there. And Lorelai says, it was so nice of you to allow Rory to invite someone to her special night. And Emily rebounds pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And so I give her credit for that because she's like, you're right. This is not about us. This is about Rory. And they all sit down and the three girls, Gilmore girls, have this funny little joke where they kind of mess with Dean a little bit when Emily asks what he'll have to drink. Lorelai says, oh, he'll have a beer. And Dean kind of spirals like, I don't want beer. Beer is bad. I don't like beer. I don't drink beer, blah, blah, blah. And then when she asks Rory what she wants to drink, she says a beer. And then the three of them all kind of laugh because they can tell he's nervous. And when Richard comes into the room and he sees Dean, his demeanor completely changes. And this is when we get to see Richard's, like, triggering, traumatic response Because I imagine this feels very similar to Lorelai and Christopher. And he knows what happened between Lorelai and Christopher, obviously, because Rory is there. But how much her life changed because of a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I think for him, seeing that, he immediately gets defensive and quiet because he's like, I don't want this to happen again. Like she's come so far. She works so hard and I can't live through this moment again. Yeah. So they're eating dinner and out of nowhere, Richard says, so Dean, where are you going to college? And you can just immediately tell we are about to like, go into war and Dean's like I haven't really decided yet and Emily immediately says don't don't grill the poor kid like leave him alone this is not about this and Richard says I'm just asking him questions important questions what kind of grades do you get and he lists you know off his grades whatever he says A's B's C's and he goes you know that Rory wants to go to an Ivy League school right And Dean says, yeah, I know Rory is very smart. And Richard goes, yeah, she's really smart. I feel so like I get like secondhand ick from this. Mm -hmm. And it really reminds me of season five. When Rory is it five or four, I think it's five where Rory meets Logan's family and Mm -hmm. you can tell that they think she is not good enough for them. Mm -hmm. And Richard even says like, we have standards as a family. You cannot date people like this. Like we have a a name to uphold and you have so much being expected of you and you have a lot that you want to achieve and you're not going to achieve it if you're wrapped up in this boyfriend or this relationship. And it's like, she's 16. Yeah. I think that while Richard 
and Emily both had negative response to seeing Dean because it was something that was triggering for them, mm-hmm. um, especially for Richard. I think that the difference, though, of how they react just it shows so much of that they were a lot of the cause, the root cause of Lorelai's problem. Mm-hmm. Because unlike Rory and Lorelai, if Rory is going to become sexually active, she's going to feel comfortable enough to go to her mother mm-hmm. and talk to her about that. Well, so then Lorelai. So we think. So we think. Well, yes, but that was a different scenario mm-hmm. because they had discussed about. You'll tell me. Yeah. Dean was married. Yeah. That's That's, completely different dish. That's a whole man that episode's going to be like five hours long. (laughs) Anyway. But no, I feel like if she was like, Mom, I want to do this, Lorelai would be like, okay, I don't want you to get pregnant, so we're going to handle this. Figure this this out. Like, you're going to know how to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's infuriating to watch this because you can just see... This is why they don't. This is why Lorelai doesn't go to, to her parents and tell them yep. that she's engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just there's, there's so, always a fear of judgment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like so, and they're the ones acting classless. Yeah, you have so much class, and this is how you're treating someone who has not born into privilege. Who doesn't That's have the a money? very real thing. Yeah. That is a very real thing. Oh, it's so real. And it's even real. And I've met people like that. And they don't even have that much money. Mm-hmm. And they act like they're better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's infuriating. It's just, it's like you don't understand that you're coming off like you have no class. Right. Yeah. Yep. I... <sighs> It is hard, too, because part of me is like, why is Emily, why is she able to separate herself in this scenario? Because I feel like she is usually the more judgmental one out of the two of them. So her love for Rory and her understanding that Dean is someone important to Rory, she is allowed to overlook the past in this moment. Mm -hmm. But Richard can't. And I really think that that's because he probably had more trauma surrounding Lorelai leaving than he leads on. Mm -hmm. Because he says, you know, your mom couldn't get out of bed for weeks and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but what about you? Yeah. What about you? And you've been talking up your granddaughter saying that she's like this big, you know, she's in the top 3% of her class, blah, blah, blah. But you don't want to celebrate that she's in like a, a, you know, decently healthy relationship and she has other things going for her besides school because all he cares about is that he can redeem what he lost with Lorelai Mm -hmm. because it's about image. It's about how he looks. It's about how his family looks. And I think he's like, I don't want to see this happen to Rory. I get where he's coming from a little bit, but it's just... He wouldn't even say hi to him. Yeah. It's just kind of dumb. It's weird. (laughs) It's weird. Because he's never met him prior to this. So all he knows is what Emily has told him. And 
he is basing his sole existence on the fact that you're dating my granddaughter and you could potentially be distracting her from so, school. what if... Okay, so Christopher was not um, in the kind of financial or educational, whatever kind of realm Dean is. Mm-hmm. You know, like Christopher was on the same level as their family. Mm-hmm. So if she brought Logan home say just now, like when she was 16 or to her, or she's 16 or still, right? Mm-hmm. Like say she had Logan there and they're both 16 or whatever. Do you think he'd be acting this way if it was like switched around? That's a really good question. Part of me wants to say yes, because I do think that that is like, really strong trauma that he probably has not processed. And I think this situation is triggering enough for him. But another part of me is like, Oh, I know your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that- your family. I know where you come from. You know, I know that your family has important goals for you too. Cause she wanted him to marry Christopher. Mm-hmm. Or she wanted her, he wanted her to marry Christopher. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm kind of thinking that this comes down to more that Dean seems like trouble to him. Mm-hmm. And that he wouldn't think like Logan would be as much trouble, which is, I think, incorrect. <laughs> I think, oh, she, I think yeah. she would have a lot more fun with Logan uh-huh. behind closed doors. So... He just doesn't get that. He sees the packaging, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's maybe a superficial. He, maybe he would be hard on Logan. I don't know. Yeah. If it was in this time scenario, this, you know, exact you know, situation. And you have to think about, too, like, Logan talks about his experience at boarding, you know, at public, private schools, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was a little shithead when he went to school. So it's like... I don't think Rory would have even considered him at this point in her life either. Yeah, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things to look at there. Yeah. So, but I think that does bring up an interesting point. I'm just more wondering what what I'm trying to get what Richard's picture is. What is he painting here? Is it because of a trauma or is it more because of Dean him just being kind of judgmental and I think it's both. Yeah. Yeah. I think I it's a, a blend of each part. Because I don't know, that'd be interesting if it just comes down to if he was gonna give like like someone like Logan mm-hmm. a pass because he's like, Oh, I wouldn't mind Rory ending up with someone like that because mm-hmm. of his family or Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. But I feel bad for Dean though I do. I do, too. In this instance, I am like, he's a kid. Yeah. And no one should feel that way. You should not be making a kid feel that way. He seemed like he was being really polite to them. He was trying really hard. Yeah. And to make him feel bad about himself, about, you know, he's like making fun of the grades he's getting in school because he gets a mixture of grades. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, we should probably talk about Rory standing up for him. Yeah. 
because I don't think that Richard expected that. Mm-hmm. And she was he, really nice about it, though. She's like, Grandpa, can we change the subject? Yeah. And then finally <laughs> she was like, I don't think we sh- you should be talking to him that way. Yeah. And Richard gets pissed when she says that. He's like, this is my house. Don't talk to me like that in my house. <sighs> and it's like... Oh, okay, we're going, this is back in time. And Lorelai has this look on her face like, I am watching my own life play out in front of me right now. Because when Rory and Dean storm out, Emily sits down and Lorelai goes, that's supposed to be us, right? (laughs) Like she had just watched somebody like perform a a scene from her own life in front of her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa. (laughs) Crazy, crazy. And not even because she's pregnant. Just because she has a boyfriend who's not from their world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. We are back at the Gilmore residence with Rory and Lorelai and Dean. And they're profusely apologizing for Richard's behavior. And Lorelai says, hey, at least you're officially now a Gilmore girl. And Dean kind of laughs it off. And then she says, you know, have a good night. I'll see you inside to Rory. And then Rory begins to profusely apologize for his behavior. And she's like, I don't know where that came from. I'm so sorry. Like, please don't believe anything he says. And Dean just says, it's okay. I'm fine with it. Like, we don't need to worry about it. Like, everything is okay. And I think that shows... A lot of maturity for Dean Mm -hmm. because I would be bawling. (laughs) (laughs) I would feel really bad about myself and he's kind of playing it off like it's, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not your fault. And it isn't her fault. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like you should have known what he was going to be walking into. Mm -hmm. And maybe that falls on Lorelai a little bit. Maybe not. I don't know. But... She apologizes. Dean says, I'll see you later. I'm going to go home. And when she walks in to talk with Lorelai, Rory is just like on a tangent. Like, how dare he talk to him like that? Like, who does he think he is? Blah, blah, blah. And Lorelai, they sit down. They have a Twinkie. And Lorelai says, I want you to consider the possibility that what happened tonight has nothing to do with you has nothing to do with Dean, and has everything to do with me and my father's relationship. And I think Lorelai recognizing that speaks volumes because she is, I think, starting to become more aware of how her choices are influencing Rory's relationship with her grandparents Mm -hmm. and maybe realizing that there's a lot left unsaid and undone in comparison to that whole, you know, situation. And Rory's like, I understand, but I, it's not fair. It's, It's different. I'm not going to get pregnant. And Lorelai says, I know, but there's still an element of history repeating itself. And he immediately 
gets uncomfortable, doesn't like the situation, you know, whatever. And I think they come to like a similar understanding of, yeah, it is, it is similar, but he doesn't have faith in Rory that it, it'll be different. Mm. He doesn't give her that benefit of the doubt. He sees a boy come into his granddaughter's life who he feels is worthy of everything and Lorelai says herself you are like the angel to the Gilmore clan like redeeming us from everything that I did wrong and now he sees you with a boyfriend and he immediately goes to this is going to turn out just like last time Hmm. yeah it's interesting because well A I want to mention this just real quick before we get back into this the shift between Dean again from season one to season two is immense Mm -hmm. because this is not how Dean would in season one would have behaved no he would have been would not have been like this is okay he would have made a big drama out of it he would have been like you're wearing a tie for god's sakes yeah he would have stormed off he would have been upset I'll call you when I need insurance (laughs) you know yeah um, also, getting back into this, I think that it's interesting that Lorelai can, she can self-analyze the situation, what happened between Richard and Rory well. Like, she, mm-hmm. can, she can analyze this, where she cannot put, she can't analyze other situations in her life like this. No. Like, what, what's going on with Luke and stuff. And I'm glad that they addressed this because sometimes I think with writing, sometimes they forget to do that. Like they make characters just dumb to be dumb Mm -hmm. and not be able to show insight to a situation Mm -hmm. that deep. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really love, love, love that moment at the end of the last scene where she's like, this is supposed to be us. And I think that really provided Lorelai with, like, an out-of-body experience. Mm. Like, I'm watching something that very well could have happened to me. And my daughter reacted probably the same way that I would have, given that situation. Because I don't think Lorelai put up with that crap either. Mm -mm. And she's watching this happen and realizing... I really probably caused a lot more trauma than I realize. And she's seeing it unfold and she feels for her parents because they love her more than anything in the world. And they want the best for her to the point where they pay for her schooling. And Lorelai's like, we can't screw this up. This is really important. You need to go to Harvard. You need to go to an Ivy League. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I, I, it's really hard because I feel for Rory and like she should be a kid and have fun and like be in a relationship and whatever. But at the same time, if you have goals of being like at an Ivy League school and accomplishing things, your focus should be on that too. Mm -hmm. And I think she's having a hard time finding balance between both worlds now. 
And I think we truly, I think this is where we start to see her kind of teeter-totter in and out of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she's struggling that hard in both worlds because she's in the top 3%. Well, I don't mean struggling with, like, the world itself. I mean struggling with the choice on which world she She wants wants to to be in. Gotcha. Because I think it, it does come to a point where, you know, she really puts herself into this other world, like the Hammer and Veils episode that's next. Mm -hmm. She really realizes she is not putting enough effort into this other world that she needs to be putting effort into Mm -hmm. and almost like sacrifices her relationship for it. Mm -hmm. And then you see her, you know, when Jess is in the picture, totally retract her care for wanting to get things done at Chilton to spend time with Jess. Mm-hmm. And she's constantly in like this tug of war of which world do I belong in? Which world do I fit in? How do I have both? Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of like West Side Story or Romeo and Juliet, where it's like, which which world are you going to live in? Are you going to live in the world of comfort and luxury? Or are you going to live in the world where you grew up in? Mm-hmm. Or like Rose and Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather be his whore than your wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too. I think that we've referenced Titanic more than like the normal <laughs> podcast would, but it is a great movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think that is completely true. Like, she is the Rose and. Dean is the Jack right now. Mm-hmm. Right, I think, now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Right. <laughs> Pretty soon he'll be Cal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I do like that Amy kind of refreshes Dean as a character in this episode and kind of gives us, a, you know, a growth about him that can be appreciated, especially in this moment. But at the same time, man, I am just over Dean. And can I also say, I think it's very strange that in this episode, we don't see Max that much. What are you laughing at? <laughs> okay, what are you laughing at? Just sometimes like when I've listened to the podcast at home, I'll laugh at things that you say. Like how you how you say things is funny to me. Like when I say, and another thing. You're just like, I'm just over Dean, okay? And then you just like move on to the next scene. <laughs> It's just funny. Listen, when I'm over something, I'm over it. <laughs> and there's nothing else to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I, that's fair. I, when I, like, have discussions with Bryn about stuff and I, like, really get going, he just sits there and he just, like, smiles the whole time I'm on, like, some stupid tangent. And then he's like, I love listening to you talk about just like the weirdest things and then I'll be like and another thing and you know what else and he's like "Uh uh-huh and he just like feeds into it because he thinks it's hysterical yeah well he kind of does the same thing though too oh yeah absolutely he he has tangents too that are really funny Mm -hmm. yeah the two of us just sit here and have tangents (laughs) all day long together but anyway I guess it's just interesting that this whole episode about her deciding whether or not she's going to get married 
or whatever is being swallowed up by Rory kind of reliving a scene from Lorelai's mm-hmm. past. And it makes me think, what is what is the connection there between those those two scenarios? Yeah, because usually the show does a lot of mirroring, even mm-hmm. within the same episode. Mm-hmm. So this isn't there isn't really a situation where this is mirroring. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? I do wonder if Lorelai defending her father is almost her way of being like, I know you're back with Dean and you're happy with Dean, but I need you to really think about this relationship in in relation to all of your goals that you have in life. Mm -hmm. Because look at how much Lorelai did not consider with her relationship with Max. Mm-hmm. And now she said yes. She said she's going to marry him. And they still have a ton of crap to figure out. And that's like, I, that feels like maybe a little bit of a reach. But I do think that Amy Sherman Palladino really relies heavily on that mirroring aspect between the two women and their life and their past and future and you know yeah and I'm wondering too could it also be something as like so we usually see the mirroring Mm -hmm. almost very similar within an episode between Rory and Lorelai Mm -hmm. is it because so like Rory's kind of in this past situation that Lorelai used to be in Mm -hmm. and now Lorelai's in this new situation with Max, and this is like a decision that is probably not a not aligned with her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is that almost symbolic in the sense that she's starting to be more on her parents' path? You know what I mean? Yeah, more like Richard and Emily in this situation. I don't know. And that's why it's not really lined up with Rory's storyline as much. Well, I have and no I w- idea. I wonder, too, if seeing that conversation happen and knowing that she lived a similar conversation, she is starting to worry, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be like, oh, maybe she is more like me and that she'll totally go head over heels for this guy and, like, disrupt everything she's worked for, mm-hmm. essentially. Well, I mean, yeah, because that's a very normal reaction for young adults mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get swept away. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, God, there's so much to say about this episode. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's finish it out, and then okay. we can kind of talk about it Rain as a it whole. In. Yeah. Following the argument, Rory gets a phone call, and it's from Lane. And we cut to Lane standing in her bedroom next to a suitcase that is almost the size of her. And she says, I just got my luggage for my trip to Korea and it could fit me, you, and all of the things that we own inside of it. And have room for souvenirs. Yeah. (laughs) And Rory's like, oh, so you're still going? You still don't have like an end date to the situation? And she says, nope, no end date in sight. So, yeah, it's it's weird because like right after she says that it immediately cuts to Emily and Richard. There is no like 
transitional moment. It's just suddenly Richard pacing back and forth. Like, did you hear how she talked to me? I can't believe she talked to me like that. And Emily is trying to be the voice of reason saying like, well, you did like attack her boyfriend. And do you really not think like a 16 year old is going to date somebody? Like, come on, let's be realistic here. And he is just like floored and arguing and he storms off and Emily answers the phone in the middle of their argument and it's Suki and she is calling to confirm that the date she picked for the bridal shower for Max and Lorelai works for her schedule. So now Emily has found out that Lorelai is getting married and she didn't tell them. And she storms into Richard's office and she goes, you will call that girl tomorrow and you will apologize. And you will say that Dean seems like a very nice boy. And he's like, have you lost your mind? And she goes, our daughter is getting married. Our daughter is getting married and she didn't tell us. And when Rory gets married, I want her to tell us. And that moment kind of gives me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. And it's also what... I think we've been trying to figure out mm-hmm. what this whole episode is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is hard because I think they are putting pressure on Rory to heal this situation that none of them have healed from yet, mm-hmm. you know. But then she slams the door and it shows her have this moment outside of the door where she kind of breaks down and has like a hard time processing this moment that's happening and I really feel for Emily because I'm sure she thought that things were getting better Mm -hmm. and now we are seeing they are not better it's just different and she's able yeah and she's able to self-reflect a little bit here you Mm -hmm. know and be like no Richard you apologize to Rory I don't care because I don't want this to happen again I don't want to be the cause of why people don't come to me mm-hmm. or my daughter doesn't come to me and tell me news that would matter a lot to me. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think too, she's, I don't think she's like blaming Richard for what happened, but I do think she feels a certain way about it. Yeah. Because she was, sense. she knows how she felt about Dean too, but she was able to rein it in. Mm -hmm. and not be so hard on him, you know? Yeah. Richard wasn't able to rein it in, and he's not making any logical sense either because she's like, you know what, he's, you know, like that. bringing it back to Dean, he said that, of course, he understands that Rory's going to have to date, but it can't be Dean. can't be that type of boy. He really, like, laid into what we were talking about earlier. And for her, it was just, I think, with, yeah. And he makes a point of saying it shouldn't be one boy. It shouldn't be one boy. She should be dating multiple. <laughs> well, and I think too for him he's like she should not be settling this young. She's way too young to be settling. Yeah. I mean, he's being ridiculous though. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't know. It just it becomes Again, like we have said all of season one, this is a show of people who have unresolved trauma (laughs) and don't know how to process it. Mm -hmm. For people who have a lot of money that could afford to pay for therapy, they sure need, they don't go. Yeah. And there's just a lot that they could just sit down and talk about and figure out, but they don't. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we then cut to 
Lorelai and Max sitting on the porch and they're talking about, you know, whatever. And he says, I have something for you. And he gives her the ring and she puts it on and he notices that it's too big. Why the hell, when you're buying a ring, (laughs) did you not ask her what size her finger was? I know. He's so dumb. Like, And and she won't let him take it back. What do you think that is? I, me diving deep, I feel like there's something to that. But maybe I'm just overthinking. Well, yeah, I think it's symbolic that it doesn't fit. I think mm-hmm. it's hilarious that that's the first time Lorelai's ever had to hear, hear that come out of Max's mouth. Sorry. It doesn't fit. It's too big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 12. <laughs> I'm a 16-year-old boy. Yeah, no, I agree, though. I think it's it's symbolic that it doesn't fit because it's if the, too big. Too, it's, it's too big. Not that it's too small. Right. The situation is too big for them to, like, fully understand and fully fit together. Mm-hmm. And. It's too much to take on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at it, and she, like, nestles into him or whatever, and she's looking at the ring, and she says, I'm getting married. Emphasis on I'm. I'm. <laughs> Your fiance is right there. Yeah. Why is it not we We're are getting, getting married. married? Yeah. Like, excuse me? Yeah, that's very, um, that's very telling and that's very, very much so something Amy Sherman Palladino put there for a reason. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 100%. And I feel like her saying it out loud is her convincing herself. Yeah, I think so. And I think that at this moment, too, Lorelai likes the validation. Mm-hmm. I like that. She, I think she got the ring and she now knows that she is some, like worth something to someone. Yeah. So she can always say, well, people wanted to marry me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I had the option. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it's... It's just weird that the I'm is very selfish, very singular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When marriage is supposed to be of two people coming together. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird spot <laughs> to end the episode for sure. Yeah. I'm so. getting married. She also says weird things like that sometimes, Lorelai's character. Yeah. You are a wonderful man. You know? Like, like dramatic statements. Yeah. I think she's just a dramatic person. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I so. went to the grocery store today. I'm going to start making things like that in my life. That dramatic. gave me a little bit of, like, Drew Barrymore vibes. What do you mean? Drew Barrymore? <laughs> Okay. Have you written anything? Hold on a me? second. This is so off topic. Hmm. But did you see, um, you know, Melanie, 
Linsky? Linsky. Yes, I saw she, her impersonation. Of Drew Barrymore. Yes. She was like, if this plate broke into a million <laughs> pieces, it would scream, I love you, Melanie. Mel- Melanie. <laughs> yeah. So good. I love Melanie. Me too. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. Anyway, that is where we end. We end with I'm getting married. Yep. And it really sets a tone for the next few episodes. Um, there's a lot going on here. And what a what a season opener. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember the long wait between the seasons. Really? Mm-hmm. Because it would be, like, over the summer. Yep. So then, like, when I would start school again, and be like, and Gilmore Girls comes back Tuesdays or, you know, whatever. Did you have, like, a VCR and, like, record episodes? No. Okay. Nope. I used to watch, we used to have, like, a 8-inch TV yeah. in my mom's kitchen. And we would watch there at the dinner table. The di- The table that we mm-hmm. have was our dinner table. Oh, wow. And so we'd sit there and do homework and watch Gilmore Girls on this tiny little TV because we didn't have a big TV. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. It's so hard. Like now, I mean, I think when I was younger, I was more into movies where now I feel like I'm more into TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because it was so hard to watch things. Like if you didn't start from the beginning or you would had a day off where you did not... You know, you couldn't watch a show that came out on a Thursday. Yeah. It was hard to keep up with things. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, it's a, a lot, lot harder. Yeah, it's a lot easier nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I think I prefer television because the character development is so much deeper yep. and thorough. And that's what mm-hmm. I love about movie or television is that you really know these people. Yeah, and there's so much to say about... I mean, I love movies, too, but I think it's harder to make a good movie than it Mm -hmm. is... It's harder to make a good movie than it is to make a good TV series. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because a movie, you slip into a weird time zone with people's Mm -hmm. attention spans and Mm -hmm. whatnot, and a movie, it's hard to nail in an hour and 45, two hours. Well, that's I why movies yeah. are like three hours long and nowadays. I don't like, and I, I do not like a three-hour movie. No. And no. I love a, like an hour and 40 minutes. That's all I got to say. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that 90-minute mark is like my sweet spot. <laughs> if I see a movie is 90 minutes, I'm like, heck yeah. This I'm like, is, sweet. Like, it's this not too, is much, it. too much dedication. It's yep. like, but yeah. Exactly. Anyways. All right. Well, that's off topic, but you know, it's... Season two, we're trying new things. Yeah, sure. (laughs) All right, let's go into our town meeting. I'm getting married. (laughs) We call this town meeting to order. All right, for our town meeting, we were talking about earlier in the episode the difference between season one and season two. So here's just a, a quick comparison between season one and two according to the Gilmore Girls Wikipedia page um, which we all know Wikipedia is a somewhat reliable source not reliable enough you can use it on a college paper from what I remember but reliable enough for me in this instant gratification moment (laughs) 
So season one, the time slot was Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. They got 21 episodes. It came out October 5th, 2000. At that point, they had um, 5.03 million viewers. When the finale aired, they had, that was May 10th, 2001, and they had 4.31 million viewers. So they had an average of 3.6 million viewers at that time. So when it got renewed, and remember, that original time slot was competing with friends. So for them to still get that five, you know, that 3.6 million viewers... That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive because Friends was like at its peak. Yeah, at Friends that moment. was like everything. Mm-hmm. So then season two got moved to Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. And that got 22 episodes. It aired October 9th, 2001 to 6.5, 6.55 million viewers. So that's like 1.5. 52 million viewers more than the last season. (laughs) Yeah, just. Then that finished airing May 21st, 2002 to 6.21 million viewers. So the average went from 3.6 to 5.2 over a season. As far as um, money goes, not 100% sure on that, but I will say... It is interesting how a time slot can really make or break a show, especially in that that the early 2000s, because that was a big, a big thing mm-hmm. at that point. But they. um, Yeah, they did very well, and I think that's why they they kept getting reviewed, um, renewed, renewed, excuse me. Yes, renewed. <laughs> But yeah, so that's a little insight into the difference between season one and season two. Mm. And um, I can tell by just quality image wise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's much clearer shot. Yeah, it is. It's not like fuzzy grainy. There were mm-hmm. some scenes in season one that were fuzzy and graining, mm-hmm. grainy. And then we had like the boom mic shot and we had. Yeah, there's um, like a, a lot in season one. There's like the moments mics. where it looks like it's. Um, on traditional film and there's mm-hmm. like that weird like fleck or yeah. like you know what I mean in the corner of the episode or something and a lot of different things but you can already tell the change in what they're trying directionally and and how she's writing these characters feels very different this season compared to last season and considering that it ended in May and aired again in October like, they must have started almost right away mm-hmm. getting stuff going. I mean, she said they were writing constantly. 22 episodes is a lot of episodes. Yeah. It's a lot. That's like Buffy has that many, too, mm-hmm. um, to sustain an hour. I mean, now we have, I mean, people get 10 episodes if they're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in HBO shows, like. 10. 10, yep. And, yeah, it's just crazy to me. I think even, to the revival being two-hour-long episodes, and they did four episodes, Mm -hmm. it's technically eight episodes if you break it up into the usual hour increments. That's still a lot Mm -hmm. nowadays. But it is interesting to see 
the the difference in the level of audience that they had between season one and two. So something clearly set a fire under them. But as far as references go for this episode, we had 25 references. Not the most we've ever had, but it's still plenty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some deep cuts, some repetitive references, yeah. too. Like, I know we've referenced Funny Girl before, and you said Cujo we've Cujo. referenced before. I eventually, once the seasons are all completed, I might do, like, a special one for each reference. Like, is Star Trek, actually, there's been four total mm-hmm. Star Trek references, I mm-hmm. think. That's a lot, and I know it's not going to stop. There is no stopping at this point. If there's some that get referenced a ton, I might just do one little video, Mm -hmm. including all the Star Trek references or, you know. Similar to your Meryl TikToks that I'm, like, obsessed with. (laughs) Yeah, I love those. Oh, I forgot to mention Amy's fun fact in the beginning. I didn't say her fun fact. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what is it? Um, I just, I was a little little lazy because I forgot to do it. When I so I just did it right before I got here. No, actually, you were sitting right next to me, so I didn't have a. I don't. It's not that fun, but it's a fact. You're really building this up in the best way. Thank you so much. Okay, Amy Sherman Palladino has no children. That's my fun fact. (laughs) Mic drop. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think that speaks to her writing. Mm Hmm. And I know we've talked about how that speaks to Lauren Graham's acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a lot of Amy Sherman, Palladino, and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. I think you write what you know. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a lot of her in this character. It's like an alternate universe for her. And not, yeah, and not that that has anything to do with not having kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. No, I, I think, yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, everyone mm-hmm. else does too, obviously. Obviously, yeah. So that is where we will leave you today. Because we're keeping it short and sweet for our town hall because we are on yeah. two hours of content here, people. <laughs> And it is cold here today. I feel like every day we record, it is mm-hmm. freezing. It's brutal in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So pray for us or send us warm vibes, whatever you want to do. We it could be it. worse that we could be suffering with natural disasters that other people are dealing with. We're just dealing with brutal cold. I'm just trying to be nice. I know I'm- you are, and you're making me sound like an asshole. <laughs> Okay. I'm so sorry. You're not an asshole. Well, thank you for joining us for our season opener of season two. And we are so excited, as we have said multiple times. But I am working on getting the season two lists up and running for you all. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. I have conferences coming up. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, you could be... <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. You could be dealing with, like, so much. Are you, like, Debbie Downer? <laughs> 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 just try. Just kidding. 
But yeah. we will get those out to you. Elise will get the pop culture out to you. Yeah, I took a week off, so. That's all right. I had to. We need to. Sometimes you have to. Um, I will be editing like a, a crazy person to get this out. And okay. <laughs> we'll get it there. We'll get it to you. Clearly, because you'll be listening. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for joining us for the beginning of season two. We are so excited to have you all here. And yeah, we should do a countdown to Jess. <gasps> You're right. Yeah. Okay. How many episodes? He comes for Sid and Nancy, which I think is episode five. Yes. So we meet Jess in the, um, it's Nick and Nora, Sid and Nancy episode. Mm -hmm. That's episode five. And that episode will actually be Bryn's episode in Mm. season two, because his favorite moment with Luke is in that episode. Mm -hmm. So four episodes to go. Yep. I'm so excited. Me too. We need Jess. We need some more drama. We need it. Mm-hmm. So please take a moment to follow us, subscribe, give us a like, give us a five-star review, whatever you're feeling in your bones. We appreciate it. We are on TikTok and Instagram as underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. That's where you can find us. Send us a message. Send us warm vibes, whatever you want to do. But we're so grateful that you're here with us. So until then, we will see you for season two, episode two, Hammers and Veils. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Bye.